We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. And welcome to Across the County. I'm Noah. Thanks for joining me. Well, it is time to talk to a media mastermind. That's the way I look at it, especially when you are talking pop culture and politics. He still hosts his radio show, which you can find out more about, of course, at michaelmedved.com. And we're friends from way back throughout his work with Salem Media. Of course, he is Michael Medved. And last year, I began checking back in with Michael, bringing him to the show. And for his follow-up visit, here he is. Michael, how are you, my friend? I'm doing very well, Noah, and uh, very glad to speak to you. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. Now, I've been touting Top Gun Maverick since I came out of the theater. There are many reasons this film, for me personally, Michael, is amazing, and even well beyond the cinematic, which I'll ask you about a little bit later, but... Michael, I listened to your Entertainment Minute on this one and would like you to expand with the audience here because to me, in a nutshell, it's a sequel done right 36 years later. The story, it's nostalgic, but in just the right places. It's captivating. It's practical, especially with the aerial maneuvers. Absolutely amazing. I just say wow to that. The cast is great. Crews, stellar performance. And let's not forget the patriotism, but I'll get into that in just a bit. Michael, what do you think about this movie cinematically? Well, I think cinematically it's terrific. I mean, first of all, the fact is that it's not computer graphic imagery, as you get so often today. They were really flying. And uh, to be able to get some of the, uh, the intimacy that people feel as if they themselves are actually piloting these amazing pieces of machinery... I, uh, I, by the way, I particularly enjoyed some of the San Diego references that were... <laughs> I did, too. ...very, very appropriate for the film, uh, given, given the fact of the uh, naval air base and, and so many facilities in San Diego, and the fact that I grew up in San Diego. Um, I, you knew that, right? I, I did. I, I did know that, and uh, I'd love that you would come to visit with your syndicated show here every once in a while. It was always nice to have you back. Well, thank you so much. And uh, I, again, I, I, uh, I, I got a kick out of that. And, and also, you, you feel like when you meet the Val Kilmer character. Oh, what a moment. Yeah, so, so many years on. And uh, look, uh, it's, it's one of those things where uh, they obviously did something right. This is on its way to being one of the top grossing films of all time. And I'll tell you what's surprising about that. One of the things they worried about when they did this film was, like the first Top Gun, this is very pro-Navy. It's very pro-American. Basically, we're engaged. We have to run a dangerous mission to prevent a nuclear device from being developed by some unidentified bad guy power. Think North Korea or... China or Russia or Iran, you name it. It's one of those bad guys. It was nice they left it nameless because it really makes the film, I think, it's going to be able to stand the test of time. Well, that's exactly right. But it also helped with the international distribution. Something happened with this film, and I, I talked to some of the people who were involved with promoting it and distributing it. 
is they never expected this, not in a thousand years. The film has done better abroad than it has even in the United States. That's you right, know, and, and, and that's phenomenal in and of itself. Everywhere. And you know what they, what they say is they, it's particularly popular in South Korea and Japan, which are major movie markets, and you know why? Why is that, Michael? Because those folks are worried about China, and to see that, uh, well, uh, American ingenuity and courage and know-how and technological sophistication is still something to be reckoned that's very reassuring if you're living in Japan right now. Oh, sure. And, you know, besides this being a great film, most of why I was grinning ear to ear, I mean, I'm talking 90% of the film, Michael, it's because it's American positive. It's patriotic. It's values. It doesn't shy away from its masculinity. And it's best said from Steve Gruber from Real America's Voice, the return of American pride in filmmaking and that sums it up it's breaking records as you said and as of today still sits on rotten tomatoes 99 percent. and this is in the critics section and that's something to be said so from a cultural perception michael what is that saying i literally can find slim if none in the negative review section when you're talking about this film yeah i i look the timing for the film was brilliant. It is nostalgic for, for many people who are seeing it. And the timing is also important because I do believe that uh, one of the things that people will be writing about years and years from now is the impact on our country and the way people feel in our country of the Ukraine war. Is In other words, people used to be talking about the end of history, that all of the uh, struggles between right and wrong were over which, of course, is naive. And this film, it was not in a heavy-handed way, not in a preachy way, just in a, a good old-fashioned, instinctive American manner, uh, it, it rallies support for what this country means. And what this country means is uh, a, a force for goodness and decency and protection from evil that applies to the whole world. I agree. You know, the original back 1986, and you know, yes, this is set in the modern era, but it almost feels like it's from decades past and just the way it perceives things, because you're looking at perspectives from the way things used to be, and I think the way a lot of people want them to be again, Michael. I think that's entirely correct, and, and certainly in terms of attitudes toward our military. But one of the things that, that uh, is fairly amazing right now is I've talked to people who uh, talk about what an aid to recruitment this is. I mean, you have to be, uh, I think most people who see this, particularly male people who see this, particularly male people below the age of 90, uh, will think, wow, what a cool thing to be a, a naval aviator. And, uh, and understanding that it's very hard to get there. But here's the fascinating thing right now. The biggest problem with recruitment today for our military is that uh, three out of four Americans who express interest don't make it. They don't qualify because they have a drug problem. Sometimes it's a weight problem, which is severe. Uh, sometimes it's uh, difficulty passing the tests or it's your record. But uh, That's look, astounding. That's not a good intake rate. No. Yeah. It isn't. And 
And again, it's one of those things that we should think about is that uh, uh, when, when people understand that they, they used to advertise the Marines with the few, the proud, and uh, yes, it's always going to be a few, but we, we need a lot more uh, young people committed to the country and committed to service and uh, to have that sense of pride. Well, I hope you get a lot of young men that go out and see this movie and think that, you know, hey, maybe the Navy is right for me. Maybe just the armed forces in general is right for me. I'd like to do something like that where it's just for the greater good. This can, movie can be such a positive tool in so many ways. I left the theater and the only word I could think of when my fiance asked me, hey, how do you, how do you feel? What do you think about the movie? I'm like, you know what this movie does? This movie brings me hope, Michael. Yeah. And and by the way, there are a lot of people in the movie business who have the same reaction, and for different reasons. The reason there is that this form of entertainment is not going to go away. There was a lot of concern during the pandemic with so many theaters being shut down and people being reluctant to come out, and the masking policy and the seating policy and the difficulty of keeping movies going. Uh, this film has done so well that it has made clear that... Uh, that uh, th- that idea of going to see movies in a theater, as as much as you can watch stuff at home on Netflix or stream it any way that you want, there's something very special about the uh, theatrical exhibition of a film like this. Did you see it in IMAX by any chance? I did not. I'm actually going to be seeing it in a, in a brand new format called Screen X here coming up this weekend. I just saw it in regular format but it was definitely a movie where i walked out and i thought there's no way yes i want to eventually see it on the screen at home but i have to see the initial viewing on the big screen at the movie theater well and it's it's really worth it imax is a terrific format and they just did uh another they did 143 million dollars opening window for the jurassic world dominion sequel and that's not a, uh, I, I don't think that film is nearly as successful as Top Gun Maverick. But the fact is those dinosaurs, uh, <laughs> those dinosaurs in the IMAX process uh, look, look pretty great. You can see the feathers on them. Wow. And, and they, they have that. And the whole idea of going to the movies, it's such a part, really, of... It's American culture, Michael. American tradition. I beg pardon? I, oh, I, just, I was agreeing with you. It's American culture. Well, it is, and it's one of the big cultural contributions that America has made to the whole world. And there are reasons, and the reasons are not just America's economic dominance, it, the reasons for America's cultural dominance uh, with the, what the film industry did back in the 30s and 40s. And this is that kind of film a film where there are lots of people you care about, lots of people you can root for, who are engaged in doing something that is noble and potentially dangerous and self-sacrificing. Yeah, it's not just Tom Cruise, although he is stellar in this movie. The cast all around, including Jennifer Connelly, just, if you ask me, I think they're award-winning performances. Well, again, given the level of success of this film, that might count against you. One of the strange directions that they have taken with the Oscar ceremony, much to its detriment, is sometimes there are films that just are just too successful. 
and they it's held against them. Uh, you have to go back to uh, like the Titanic. Wow, has uh, it been that long since the Blockbuster one? Yeah, that that the, that uh, that that uh, Titanic was at the time the top grossing movie of all time. Yeah. I think that they've done more with Top Gun right now, and it won Best Picture. But uh, do I think this is a legitimate Oscar contender if they didn't uh, have this sort of strange inverse prejudice that they do? They love nominating a little niche specialty films like The Power of the Dog, which I thought was tremendously overrated. Yeah, one thing's for sure is this film is definitely not niche. This is something that I think is capturing the American heart by storm. And not just the American heart. This is the amazing thing to me. This is huge audiences in, in Indonesia, in Nigeria, in France, where they have a, something of an anti-American tradition. Uh, it's beloved everywhere. And by the way, he, here's an interesting story about the film. You notice that on his uh, bomber jacket that Tom Cruise is wearing, he has patches of different places he served. I think I know what you're going to say, and go ahead and say it. I love this. Yeah, he has on it, they have Taiwan and uh, Japan. And there were, they were very worried. There was, there was pressure from the studio. Uh, let's take that off. Let's make that some other country. We can do that just with computers. And they held their ground. And they held their ground because they were afraid that that, that was going to get suppressed in China if they, <laughs> if they showed that the Americans were also defending uh, Taiwan, but uh, they they didn't take it off. No, I'm glad they left it in. Fine in Taiwan and and elsewhere. Noah here and across the county, Michael Medved, my guest, and you can check him out at michaelmedved.com. He still hosts his radio show, lovely three hour radio show each and every day. And when it comes to pop culture and politics, this is the guy you go to. So I would like to know, Michael. This is going to be a tough one. It was for me. But I keep coming back to the same scene. If you have a favorite scene in the movie, and if you don't like spoilers, now would be a good time to maybe tune out because it might get a little spoilery. But I'm going to talk about the Dark Star because when you're breaking that spoiler barrier, the Dark Star plane in this movie takes the cake. I mean, I, I loved seeing the F-14 and Tom getting his dream come true flying in this thing. But just the amazing feat of... A little bit of computer generation with a concept plane mixed in, and it just looks so great on the screen. And it's a nice touch to kind of kick off the movie that Maverick is this test pilot, and this is just what he loves to do. No, that's exactly right. And you need that that sense of thrill and fascination and almost uh, a boyish enthusiasm. You need to pick that up from the first film, and you need to recreate it and... The film does that wonderfully. I'll tell you another new movie that's coming out uh, this week, actually, uh, which is actually, it's not, I mean, it's an animated film, but it's a Pixar Disney animated film. It's called Lightyear, and it's the origin story of Buzz Lightyear. And it I'm has, excited for this one. This looks great. No, it's fantastic. If you loved, if you loved and I know you did, uh, Top Gun Maverick, this new film, which is uh, also totally new material with a character who's familiar to you. And they say at the very beginning, so I'm not giving anything away, right? This is not a spoiler. Okay. This is just a crawl at the very beginning of the film. It says, uh, some years ago, uh, a young boy named Andy uh, had a favorite toy. And the toy was a Bud 
Lightyear. And that was based upon the main character in a, a movie, Andy's favorite movie of all time. You're about to see that movie. That's great. <laughs> That's a nice tie-in. Nice touch. Yeah, well, it is. And again, the, the, those Toy Story movies. Again, this is one of those things that people complain all the time. They don't make good movies anymore. They do. Uh, there are, uh, as there have been in every era, there the great majority of movies are not great. Uh, a lot of them are horrible. A lot of them are very mediocre. But when and a then, nice one like Top Gun Maverick or Lightyear comes out, I think they really shine as that diamond in the rough, Michael. No doubt. Uh, by the way, another movie like that, which uh, I, I guess knowing you a little bit, Noah, I think you might also be interested in, it's screening on Netflix now is uh, the movie Operation Mincemeat, which is a true story about one of the the most remarkable intelligence operations. It was actually a deception that was done to fool the Germans in the middle of World War II. True story. And one of the, the people who engineered that deception of Operation Mincemeat uh, which was to convince the Germans that uh, we were land, going to be landing some different place than we did in, uh, in, in Sicily. Um, the, uh, one of the masterminds of that particular Operation Mincemeat was Ian Fleming, the real Ian Fleming. Oh, I love that. I am a huge Ian Fleming and James Bond fan, so this is right up my alley. Well, this is a kind of an origin story of James Bond because it was his experience with uh, naval British naval intelligence during World War II that inspired Ian Fleming to create sort of his alter ego, James Bond, and to write all of those novels that inspired all of those movies that has become such a huge part of our culture. A huge part of our culture. They just wrapped up the last Daniel Craig masterpiece, which we might get into in another particular chat which i absolutely love and the james bond era has come and so far and so if you're interested in james bond like myself i would check this out what's it called again michael operation, operation mincemeat mincemeat and it stars colin firth is the the chief brains behind this what the, this again is what the operation is and it's history it's not giving you giving away the movie is churchill was determined to get Hitler to uh, anticipate a different invasion than what the British and the Americans had actually planned. They were going to go up Sicily uh, and, and on to Italy to take Italy out of the war and to drive right toward the heart of Nazi Germany. And they uh, went to great lengths to send a false message that they were actually going to be landing in Greece. And, uh, and part of the way they did that is taking a corpse from a naval hospital and planting secret documents on it that they had to create and believe and then get the Germans and their intelligence operatives to fish the corpse out of the sea and uh, the corpse had been dressed up as a British airman. And the entire question is, are they going to be able to pull off this deception so that there are several divisions of Nazi and Italian troops waiting at the wrong place and anticipating the wrong invasion? Well, especially when it's 
all about history. I really believe we're at a spot in world history where we either learn from our mistakes, Michael, or we're doomed to repeat them. So this sounds like something right up my alley. Noah here and across the county, we are wrapping up a tremendous interview with Michael Medved. Check him out at michaelmedved.com. Michael, I know this is uh, something that uh, is pretty much unanimous, but and I know the answer. I've listened to your movie review. I give it four out of four stars for Top Gun Maverick. What do you give it? How many stars out of four and why? Well, I'll tell you, I gave it, I gave it three stars and not quite four. And I, that's because the, the one thing that I thought was uh, – could could have used a little bit more is a little bit more of Maverick's story, uh, because for instance, you show with the Val Kilmer character that there has been real change, but partially because they wanted to repeat the successful formula of first film. I mean, Tom Cruise is a freak of nature. The fact that the guy is as old as he is and still doing the stunts and the special looks effects. great, acts great, stunts like crazy. Exactly. They they want to play on that, but I think it might have been even uh, a, a tad more uh, engaging if uh, if if they had uh, given us a little bit more mortality uh, for uh, for Maverick. But that's that's fine. And and again, initially the the fact that there was no reference at all to his big romance from the first film who played by Kelly McGillis. And there was just the implication that he had had some, some uh, previous relationship with Jennifer Connelly, who was his big romance in this film. And I said, well, where did she come from? And it, it sounds like in the script that they, they had this long-term relationship. The fact is, there is in the script of the film... Uh, uh, the uh, uh, of the first film of the original Top Gun, it says, "Oh yeah, he's got a heavy thing going with the admiral's daughter," and this is supposed to be that admiral's daughter. Interesting so, fact. I'm glad you brought that up. Now I had absolutely no clue on that. Well, <laughs> again, people are so into this right now. They are they are going to every detail. And Jerry Bruckheimer, who is the guiding uh, light behind both the original film and, and this film. Uh, he's always treated this as a love project. Jerry is a patriot and uh, somebody who loves the U.S. Navy. And, uh, and, and basically, I think he's, he's achieved uh, what, what probably constitutes, you look at the range of his films over the years, this is his masterpiece. I agree. This is, has to be his top movie that he has ever done. And he has so many that are just such great pieces of work, Michael. What I will say, too, just in closing, I've gone back and watched a lot of the previous Tom Cruise movies, which I've seen them all uh, dozens of times. And you know what? He really picks and chooses his projects very carefully. I was watching Jack Reacher the other night, and that was a much underrated film. I liked the feel of that movie. Right? No, I think you're absolutely correct on that, uh, Noah, because... I've, I've long said Tom Cruise is one of the most consistently underrated actors because if you look at all of his films, his film in Rain Man, where he, he helped uh, Dustin Hoffman uh, win the Academy Award, uh, but he, he was superb in that film, and films like The Color of Money and very serious films, he, he never gives a bad performance. 
it's it's always at least capable and compelling. And uh, sometimes, particularly in the action films, and the, the, in terms of action films, the Mission Impossible films are basically nothing without Tom Cruise. Oh, I agree. They And to have him done with all of his own stunts, or at least most of them, especially in the, the later ones, and the action has always turned up a notch, I have to say, I love James Bond, and I always will. The Mission Impossible movies, pretty decent. I mean, just a fun ride. Well, they are, and they're also a, a little bit more believable than, <laughs> than James I Bond. would agree. I would but agree. But then again, uh, as I was saying, I found out recently, Ian Fleming had some pretty unbelievable real-life experiences, too. That, by the way, is, is, is got to happen, and I, I, particularly now with the sort of the change in the James Bond film. Somebody's going to do, and I, I think it's going to be terrific, maybe they could even get Daniel Craig back to do it, an Ian Fleming film biography. Yeah, I, I've always thought that that would just be something, that especially for the, all the fans out there of the franchise, that would really just captivate the hearts, and it would really take it to the next level to really see what's behind it all. Yes, he's a Lieutenant Commander Ian Fleming, too. Uh, but, like Lieutenant uh, Commander Bond. Yeah, that, you know what's interesting? Have, has anybody thought of doing a Top Gun tour out at Miramar or any, anywhere else in San Diego? Has that happened yet? I have not heard of that. I'm going to look into that. I think that would be an amazing idea. Yeah, I, I, I would imagine that the bar and grill that plays such a prominent role in this new film, that that might even be a real place, which probably would be... I'm all into that type of stuff, Michael. I'm glad you brought that up, and it just slipped my mind. I look up the different locations and movies, see if they actually made it up or if they're actually the real deal. I would love to know that. Yeah. Well, again, it, the, the enthusiasm for this film, it's, it's one of those things... When I talk to people about uh, Top Gun Maverick, uh, they're always smiling. Because well, that's what I, w- I was telling you that. Literally, you know, the sad moments in the movie aside, I was grinning ear to ear both times I've seen the movie thus far. Because it's so well-timed. Uh, the pacing is terrific. Uh, the s- musical score is terrific. Oh, the score is outstanding. The and all of the cinematography, uh, definitely Oscar-worthy. Well, I hope it is at least up for nomination. Top Gun Maverick, we've got some great perspective here from Michael Medved, who gives it three out of four stars. At the end of this interview, we'll play his Entertainment Minute, so you can hear that as well. Mike, thanks for coming on the show. I I really appreciate any chance we get an opportunity to talk together. Miss you here in San Diego, my friend. Well, I appreciate it, and I'm glad to talk to you. Anytime anything comes up about movies or anything else movie-related, or frankly, politics really because it's a great big world out there and there's lots to cover i'm always glad to speak to you and let me wish you hearty hearty congratulations in your upcoming wedding well thank you uh, michael i notice your wedding you missed by one day my birthday so congratulations to you and well like i was wedding. telling you off the air I, th- I i think we planned this without even really knowing it in celebration of michael medved the legend well, I'll take it. Thank you so much. But uh, every blessing for you and your beautiful bride. Thank you, Michael. We'll talk to you next time here on the show. Take care. Noah here on Across the County. Go to michaelmedved.com. Check out his radio show, Anything Pop, Culture, and Politics. Michael Medved's the guy you want to listen to. Now it's time for Medved's Entertainment Minute. 
After more than 30 years as one of the Navy's top aviators, Pete Maverick Mitchell takes on the task of training a new generation of hotshot high-tech warriors in Top Gun, Maverick, now playing in theaters everywhere. Everyone here is the best there is. Who the hell are they going to get to teach us? With all due respect, I'm not a teacher. I just want to manage expectations. Having any fun yet? Yeah, and there's plenty of fun with fantastic scenes of aerial combat and a nail-biting plot about a desperate mission to take out a nuclear facility of an unnamed enemy. There are lots of references to plot points in the first film from 36 years ago, including a significant appearance by Val Kilmer and a supposedly rekindled romance with Jennifer Connelly as a character never really referenced in the original film. Rated PG-13 for scenes of lush sexuality and dangerous combat. Three stars for the undeniably successful sequel Top Gun Maverick. Rockstar Energy Punch, bringing a bold and unapologetic flavor packed with energy through a blend of B vitamins, guarana extract, and 240 milligrams of caffeine to fuel what's next. Rockstar Energy Drink.